Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Commercial Property Investor Podcast, where it's my job to introduce you to people from the world of commercial property. We're talking with investors and thought leaders about their experiences of the commercial property world and sharing our own lessons from the last 20 years to give you practical know-how so that you can follow in their footsteps. If you've ever thought commercial could be your next step, but it just seems too confusing and opaque, then you've come to the right place. There are so many exciting opportunities in this dynamic sector, and I'm looking forward to pulling back the curtain and sharing them with you. the Commercial Property Investor Podcast and I'm your host Jerry Alexander. I'm super excited to introduce you to our guest today. We recorded this conversation a few days ago and I'm still buzzing with some of the tips I picked up. Before we jump into the interview, let's just remind ourselves of what this show is actually all about, particularly if you're a new listener. Right here, we aim to reduce the pain of moving from either residential investment into commercial property investment, or even if you're directly leaping into commercial property investment. And on this particular show, I like to talk about a few projects and lessons I've learned over the last 20 years of being in property investment. But there's so much I still don't know myself, which is why I love bringing on guests to the show. So for you new listeners, sometimes I do solo shows where I focus on a key area that I found has helped me on my journey. But this week, we've got a really good interview lined up. We're going to talk about the rent-to-rent model in commercial property. And our special guest is Jamie Vine, all the way from Perth in Western Australia. We actually met a few years ago at an event in London, and he's built a great business, which is actually called Liberty Flexible Workspaces. Jamie shares his wins and challenges of building a great business through the last recession, the recent COVID outbreaks, and how he survived lots of new competition. There's some real nuggets in here about competition, offer, persistence, joint venture partners, funding, and much more. So I hope you really enjoy it. Let's join the conversation right now. Welcome to the Commercial Property Investor Podcast, Jamie. Thank you so much for joining us from so far away. Um, I appreciate you coming in at 4.30 in the afternoon, your time, 9.30 our time. Thanks very much for joining me. My pleasure. Um, It's been really interesting watching your business evolve on the other side of the planet from us because we have similar business names, of course. Ours is Liberty Space. And what's yours? Uh, Liberty Flexible Workspaces. And have you always had that name, Jamie, or have you tweaked it a little bit over time? Yeah, we tweaked it. Originally launched um, 10 years ago with Liberty Executive Officers. Um, and we've evolved over time as, uh, as co-working became more prevalent. And, uh, and obviously, the, the, the language used around our sector has changed. Yes. Yeah, we were the same. We started off with Liberty Business Centres, but then we've we've dropped that now and gone for Liberty Space. And also our, our models changed a little bit. We, we've evolved from just offering one product to maybe, as you say, co-working, venue space, different types of offers. So the old descriptions maybe don't quite fit now, I guess. Can yeah, you- I, I think historically they, 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 there's a, a kind of a stigma with serviced office that it's just for startups or just for small business as well. So. Yeah, definitely evolved from that, hasn't it? So let's go back, though. Just tell me about your first location and, and how on earth you got into this industry, because you're not necessarily native to Australia, are you? I'm not, no. I, I, uh, I joined Regis, actually, in 1997 in, uh, in my hometown of Sheffield. Wow. 
Um, so I was I was brought in to open the Sheffield location. Um, within six months, I moved into their corporate account team, and um, we're, we were covering um, sort of the north of England. Me and a few other guys with some named accounts. Um, so that yeah, that that was how I evolved, um, I guess, or got into the the, the business. And then uh, from there, I joined uh, MWB. Uh, the, the guy that recruited me at Regis actually moved to MWB and then asked me to join him, um, which I gladly did because he was a great guy. Um, and that was an interesting twelve years thereafter. Wow. And MWB, of course, have changed really, haven't they? They 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 did they get bought out by Regis in the end? They did. Yeah, yeah. As yeah. as many as many of the competition in the UK certainly ended up going um, into that um, large organisation called Regis. <laughs> did Absolutely. you did you move to Australia based on the service office industry, or was there other reasons that you moved there? Was it opportunity? What was the opportunity or the reason? Um, it was an interesting. So I mean, effectively, the the, the reason for the move was personal. My my wife's right. family are here. Um, and we'd had a plan for a long time. We'd already built a house before we got here. Um, so we, we had a plan to move here. I, um, I was coming to the end of my tenure at MWB because of the move. So I started um, you know, understanding the market a little better. I interviewed with uh, a couple of operators, um, and I was struggling to get anybody's attention. Yeah. And uh, I remember... Um, once I actually got started, um, there was an article that my uh, the PR guy sent out to everybody called. It was about forced entrepreneurship because I was um, I was in a situation where I had a lot of knowledge. Uh, I understood the model very well, given the the role I'd had previously, um, and I, so I effectively just uh, wrote the business plan and and had a lot of coffee while I was. Um, you know, presenting to people and trying to get some investment, which um, in in uh, in Western Australia without a network isn't the easiest thing in the world. Wow. Okay. So yeah. So you were forced into doing it on your own. You feel get setting up yeah, your own. Yeah, I probably would have got there in the end anyway. I think, but you know, landing in a country with no network, you've sold every asset you own, so you've got all you've got is in the bank, and that's it. Um, wow, and it's not it's not going to last that's very good. long. So you, yeah, that's, that's an good. interesting time. So so just just for a second then, because I want to go back to your first location, but just give just to give our listeners a bit of context of the type of offer you have now in your business. You're based in in Perth, and you've got well. Why don't you tell us how many locations, Jamie, and what what is the setup for those locations? Have you purchased any? Are they on leases? What's the sort of um, range of product you've got there? Sure. Um, so we, we started um, with a, a, a traditional lease in 2011. Um, given that we didn't have a reputation, a brand or any anything to show anybody to try and do any other kind of deal, um, we then uh, we, we, we kind of hit the ground running largely due to the, uh, the economy at the time um, w- was very strong. The, the, there was a resources boom happening in Western Australia um, probably similar to what you might get in Aberdeen, actually, when you when the when the resource yeah. is going crazy. Um, so we, so we we quickly grew um, into into two locations in in Perth, and we started exploring avenues for growing outside Perth. Um, at the time, I was um, working with my original shareholders, so I had to be uh, guided, I guess, by 
by their input as Australians and and uh, understanding the the market. Um, the what, what the, the way that it tracked out the 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 market dipped in two thousand and thirteen. The resources bubble had burst. A lot of new buildings had come onto the market. The vacancy rate went from 2% to 20% very, very quickly. Um, and, and that was challenging. So then we had a few years of, of consolidation with, with two locations and not much growth and fighting for survival effectively. Um, that Through that process, I, I was out talking to people about uh, low-cost, low-risk uh, growth from a liberty perspective, using the old management agreement model or a joint venture or a profit share or turnover type deal. That resulted um, in 2018. Um, we first of all took on a conference center, uh, which is in the building I'm currently in. So we, we're still operating in that building. We're still operating that conference center. So in that instance, we have a standard lease on our floors and a revenue share with, with the landlord on um, on the conference center um, within and this is all within six months we we then went from adding the conference center to then agreeing two more management type deals one with a percentage of turnover revenue share out in Burswood and one which was a, a more of a joint venture type arrangement where there was a a repayment of capex and a, and a split of revenues thereafter um, in Citibank House. Um, three months after that, we uh, were approached by the guys running what was then Amberley Business Centre, which is uh, a serviced office that's been in existence for 20 plus years. Um, and they, they wanted to bring in an operator to, to free up their time and to help maximise the returns on that, on that for them. Um, so we, we took that on as well. So within 2018, we added four new facilities effectively. <laughs> um, so that was a busy time. We went from eight employees to 16 employees in, in, in about four months, um, which brought, brought its own challenges as well. Um, thereafter, uh, we, we agreed a deal um, in uh, another deal in West Perth in, in a place called Outram Street, which involved a full refurbished fit out. Um, that deal was done in December 19, um, uh, and, it, and it opened in June 19. Actually, <laughs> June 20. Um, in the in the well, immediate in, in Perth, that was just as we came out of our first lockdown. So the fit out carried on throughout the lockdown, yeah. but we, we we opened after our first lockdown, and I, and I should add in that period. Um, I, I, the, the opportunity arose for me to um, provide an exit to my original shareholders and take control of the business, which has really given me a lot more freedom to, to do what, what, what I always wanted to do. Um, so that was Outram Street. And then uh, we have, uh, beyond that Outram Street opening, we agreed an exit of our original building. Uh, so we surrendered. The, the remainder of the lease on, on, on that building. And we expanded in the building I'm currently sat in. So 197 St. George's Terrace is now our flagship CBD location. Today, we signed um, a, a new deal in, uh, in, in Joondalup, which is a, is a suburb or it's a city in its own right, north of Perth, maybe 30 kilometers north of Perth. Uh-huh. Um, and that's our first, I guess, real 
um, attempt to to get involved in the hub and spoke suburban market. Brilliant. Yeah, I was going to come on to that later on. That's really interesting. Well, congratulations on 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 your expansion again. How how is how has um, COVID been for you? Uh, you know, has has it brought opportunity or has it just been um, challenging? Uh, both, both. So, um, from an opportunity perspective, um, it, it allowed me to to negotiate the exit with my shareholders, which was significant. It allowed me, or it, I guess, it provided more um, motivation for the surrender deal with one landlord and the expansion deal with the other landlord. So, it allowed me to create and consolidate. If you love to travel like me and you understand the power in escaping the money for time exchange trap, but you just don't know how to do it, then building an Airbnb consultancy business could be exactly what you have been looking for. Right now in the UK, there is a completely untapped opportunity through helping struggling Airbnb hosts by turning around their underperforming properties and generating you huge commission payments in the process. We are going to teach you all of the tools and all of the techniques that we've learned over the last five years through building our very own multiple six-figure Airbnb business, arming you with everything that you need to swoop in and save the day. Minimal startup costs, zero risk, and almost unlimited potential. Sound good? Welcome to the Airbnb Consultant. Contact us through any of the channels included in the studio notes to get the conversation started. into one location um, from a challenge perspective um, there was a thing in Australia called the the code of conduct for commercial tenancies which was it was a, a, a in theory a guideline of how you have to respond and it was based on um, you know people's drop in revenue and you had to provide rent uh, abatement and deferment and we were caught as a, as an industry, but you know, as a small business, we were caught in the in the in that in that uh, legislation as both landlord and tenant. Yeah. So you're caught in that legislation where you might not necessarily qualify for a rent discount, but your one of your tenants may do. So you have to provide the rent discount on one hand and still pay your rent on the other. Yeah, lovely. Um, so, so so that was one of the one of the challenges. Um, and I guess the other challenge is, you know, the immediate um, decimation of your meeting room business. You know, it just disappeared yeah, overnight. in a heartbeat overnight and didn't come back for quite some time. The, the flip side to that is that a lot of our clients um, were, were not startups and were more mature and more, uh, some of them corporate occupiers. And, and as such, they were very supportive, and 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 so we we, we didn't um, experience what some did. And what is it like now in Australia? What what's your lockdown situation? What what's what are what are customers feeling? So we compared to what we see in Europe and elsewhere, we 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 don't have any cases. You know, I mean, if we get. If we get one or two cases of community transmission in Western Australia, we go immediate lockdown. Yeah, you know, it's, there's just no community transmission at all. Um, there's a hotel quarantine system. The borders have been closed for probably coming up to eighteen months, um, and and it's kept 
it's kept it out. And Western Australia, out of all the locations, probably South Australia as well, have, have been very successful at, at, at having no community transmission. So that has meant, on the positive, we've had a relatively normal lifestyle. We've had one or two snap lockdowns for seven days, and that's it. Um, having said that, the impact of those lockdowns can be maybe two or three weeks before your meter room business recovers again. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, we've been quite lucky. I think Melbourne's had its challenges and is currently hopefully coming out of a lockdown in the next 24 hours. Um, Sydney and, well, New South Wales has, has managed uh, the, the, their, uh, you know, their, their lockdown and their, their outbreaks differently. And the, the interesting thing in Australia, which is not normal in the UK, is that the states make their own decisions. So this is a bit like Yorkshire closing yeah. its borders, um, yeah. <laughs> which, which I'm sure, I mean, as a Yorkshireman, that, 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 there may be people that would That'd like be to be difficult, that. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so, so we don't have uh, this one-size-fits-all kind of um, situation. Yeah, okay. But what's, in, what, what's interesting from that is your meeting room business took three, three four weeks, you say, to pick back up. And because we're still sort of getting ourselves out of the situation over here, the key question is how long will it be until things maybe go back a little bit to where they were or have, or have habits been changed completely? And I've noticed in some locations that we have where people have really got back to work a lot quicker than other locations, there seems to be um, different time lags in different areas, I guess, depending on what type of business and what type of activity. But of course, if, if it's their own business, the customers are just coming back, you know, because they yes. need to get on. Yeah. If it's a regional office, um, not so much because they, I think some of the employers don't feel they're able to maybe move as quickly as some of the smaller businesses need to. Yeah. But you, yeah, you say a lot of your a lot of your a lot of your customers are perhaps regional offices or at least larger occupiers by the sounds of it. Yeah, I think I think with with Perth being the most isolated city on the planet, you you do most larger occupiers will at least start their regional office in this state in a in a serviced or a flexible environment, um, and and some will stay in that environment because it's just much easier and they don't have to deal with FM and IT and all the other bits and pieces yeah. that, that might be much easier if they were in uh, Sydney, but because, because of our location and the time difference even, you know, I mean, at certain points in the year, we're three hours time difference from Sydney. Wow. Yeah. It's a long way. It is. So, um, let's just nip back to that first location and the feelings and the concerns and everything when you signed that lease. Because you yes. kind of you, you you're saying earlier on that you were in that situation where you felt really um, you needed to perhaps push the button sooner than you might have wanted to. So just just talk through how you found that location, how you felt about it, and how you made some of the things you had to overcome. Which possibly the most in my situation, I often find that the hardest thing to overcome is myself. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But how, how did you find the whole thing? The whole process. Um, I mean, look, look, my role at MWB was 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 largely um, identifying new locations, um, doing the the modelling, the, the 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 space planning and viability study for for, for that location, um, and then I used to deliver it to the board. They'd make a decision, and then somebody else would have to open it. 
And then um, the, we, we, there was a new CEO came in in 2004 called John Spence, who um, is obviously well known in the industry now. Um, and John had the bright idea that if I was the one telling them how the buildings should perform, that I should be the one that make them perform like that. <laughs> um, which, Certain in logic hindsight, <laughs> yeah. so in, in hindsight, it was a, it was it was a, a great decision from him that helped me develop significantly because it, I had complete ownership, if you like, of, of, of identifying market and being the one who was going to hear about it if it didn't And succeed. complete responsibility, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so, so I used all of that when I came to Perth. So I wasn't um, necessarily overly uncomfortable with, 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 with where we were going because I'd, I'd done all the things I'd learned how to do back in the UK in a much more competitive market. And when I came to Perth, there was a duopoly. There was Regis and Surfcorp, and that was it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was, bringing, I was bringing the only alternative in the CBD at that time. It's nothing, nothing like that now. Um, so I wasn't uncomfortable about that. I think that the biggest challenge for me was raising money because the structure of the deal, having no reputation, no network, and no, I guess, legacy behind me at that point, um, the, the the investment required to to secure the bank guarantee was was significant in, in the millions of dollars, and I had to raise that from strangers um, within you know six months of arriving in a country where I knew nobody except my father-in-law. <laughs> wow! So how um, what did you do to get that done? Well, it's amazing. I mean, I, I often describe it as you had to you had to kiss kiss a lot of frogs. Well, frogs. Before you got your prints, yeah. So, um, in fairness, you know, there were everybody's very receptive to investment, and, and you, know, you, you can always get a coffee with somebody, and that's what I did. And you know, when somebody said it's not for me, I would say, "Fine, can you recommend anybody else I should see?" And I just, it just, I just saw a lot of people, um, and eventually, I, I met some guys who were well connected, and they brought in uh, the, the the people they usually invested with. Uh, and that helped get it off the ground, and then uh, you know, and then we had a great couple of years before the before the bubble burst and the resources boom um, became a challenge. Yeah, but you by that time you had two two locations. Yeah, so the second location was uh, funded out of the first one, so there was enough cash coming out of the first one, and then it became easier because the because we got a reputation, we got some accounts to show people. Then the landlord wanted less security, and so on and so forth. It it. it it just became easier to expand. Yeah. And it's interesting you were saying there that you've managed to get to a situation now where the, the original investors have been paid back and you now in charge of your own destiny. Did, did that come about? I appreciate COVID helped a little bit there, but did that come about with traditional bank debt or have you, met, or have you acquired some other investors? What's the, the change over yeah. there? So, I mean, I mean COVID allowed... The, the deal to be good for me. Um, but yeah, it's traditional bank debt to, to, to fund that exit. Yeah, great. Okay, super. Yeah. So fast forwarding both your own business, but what's happened in Perth. And, and I've noticed online that even just um, where two of your locations are, you're sandwiched between um, two Regis and then there's another WeWork there and probably quite a lot of local competitors too. It, it, you, you touched on it. Has it become 
significantly more competitive in Perth. And and how have you dealt with that? How have you found the competition around you? Yeah, I mean, since 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 we launched, um, we've had the Executive Centre, um, who are a Hong Kong-based business. We've had Servcorp have grown, and then since closed a couple. Um, we've had Regis have grown with their Spaces brand and closed some of the original Regis um, offerings. Uh, Victoria, a Melbourne-based business, have come across. WeWork came in and took on about 11,000 square meters, So, um, but then closed one within, within 15 months of opening it um, on a 15-year lease, So, you know, that which I think is happening across the world. Yeah. Um, and then there's, there's only really one local competitor that, or one competitor that is locally owned, aside from us. Uh, everybody else, uh, they're part of a of a national or multinational organization, and and the challenge with that has been, um, and and I know from talking to people in London, this is this has been mirrored, is is that they don't necessarily have to be viable. Yes, <laughs> you know, they, they, <laughs> um, there seems to be a, um, a different a very, pot of money, isn't it? Absolutely, and. Um, and yeah, so the, the, the chat, and, it, and there's almost an unfairness about it because, you know, if 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 the market need, wants competition to, to so that it remains fair, then it has to remain. It has to be fair at the beginning. Yes. You know? And um, if people get squeezed out of the market, then then they're in control of the market, and the price will go up, and people will wish that they paid the fair price originally. I get that over here with uh, local authorities who feel there is a market failure in certain areas. So they go invest in a building. They um, they don't want to make any profit, which is an excuse for being inefficient, I feel. And and they compete for a period of time until that pot of money's dried up and then they have to close. But yes. in the meantime, they've completely um, dislodged how the market works. It can be really frustrating. Like you say, it's just not fair. But yeah. at the end of the day... That's just one of those things you, that come along, isn't it? I mean, but WeWork is obviously the big example of that. I mean, a hundred thousand yeah. square feet plus. Yeah, that's a lot of space. And yeah. how did they? How did they get on? Or was the timing actually quite close to when the whole thing changed? Shall we say? They, they clearly were, were um, not doing much research. So one building they picked, you know, was was a good location. Um, the size of footprint they took in that building. In a market the size of Perth, from the outset, I just looked at it and said that will never fill. Um, and you can't, as you know, drive price until you've got a certain occupancy. And they're never going to get to the occupancy where they can drive price when they've got that much space. Yeah. The second location, everybody scratched their heads, going, "Why would you go there? You know, it's not a core office market. It's it, it's a retail restaurant hospitality zone." And it failed. Um, so I think the first thing that came to mind with Regis, uh, sorry, rework was was really th- th- there seemed to be no checks and balances in their acquisition process. It just seemed to be build them and they will come. Um, and 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 clearly they, they don't always come. Otherwise, they'd still be open. Yeah, yeah. So how how have you combated though the fact that when these guys come in the market? Sometimes they will buy customers effectively, and and we've all yeah. got war wounds from from some of those customer acquisitions when they're stealing customers. But have you found the same in 
that maybe others have, which is eventually they start coming back? Um, yeah, I mean, the, the one thing that helps us, not just with the WeWork situation, but when we had, when the resources boom ended in 2013 and right through to 2018 was tough in Perth. You know, we were booming in Melbourne and Sydney, but, but Perth was struggling. And then since then, as the market started to recover, we've then had massively increased competition. Um, but the one thing that's kept us alive through that entire period has been the, the existing client base. You know, because, you know, we've, we've never, we, we came to the market saying we're going to be transparent, we're going to be honest, we're going to deliver good service, but more importantly, good value. And you will never get a surprise in your monthly bill. Um, and that's what we've, we've, we've stuck to that from the outset. We still do that today. And we've got clients with us now, large corporates, so I can't name, who came to us for six months to open their Perth office eight and a half years ago, and they're still with us. Yeah. And it's because we've delivered an easy solution and there's no red flags in regards to um, expenditure and pricing and charges and et cetera, et cetera. And they're happy with the service. And without that solid client base, there was a long time where there wasn't enough demand to keep replacing clients. Yes. So without those existing clients, we would have fallen over. Um, and, and now what we're finding is that obviously there's more competition out there, but they're all scrapping for the new sales, but they don't have the client base that we have. So well, this model, as you know, you always have to top up, but our top up levels are generally significantly smaller than than somebody that doesn't have that. Yeah, that's really interesting. Okay, so now you've now you've developed out to seven locations. Jamie, is that right? So it'd be be six um, six original, sorry, six I guess traditional uh, flexible workspace locations. We, we've also done two uh, managed deals. We yeah. call them bespoke office solutions. So we've got two small managed deals as well, but they they're obviously occupied fully by a by one company and then yeah. we did that for them and they were both clients who had outgrown what we were offering were about to go to market didn't realize how we could help them with this hybrid solution and both took it took took the offer that we put oh, well done good that's good and what sort of length are those those agreements on i'm assuming it's back um, to back with the main lease that you've got yeah, so um, we, we, we in both cases we mirror we mirror the terms in terms of the length yeah. of lease. Um, the first one was was initially twelve months, um, but has since renewed for twenty four. So by the time they come up for renewal again, they'll have done thirty six months. And um, the the other one came to us for twenty four months and has just renewed again. Brilliant. That's good. That's interesting. Okay, so you've you've moved. Uh, I want to talk about Hub and Spoke. Right. Yes. So sure. it's been it's been talked about a lot. Um, you've taken some action. You've got a location. Um, the proof is still to be made. But what what led you to that? So what have you seen that's going on? Is it just chat, or have you <laughs> have you thought actually seen some evidence? All right, I need to do this. Um, look, I think the 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 thing that that I have noticed. But there is obviously a lot of commentary, first of all. Yeah. So there is chat. And, but, but understanding the corporate occupiers in Perth and the, the, the real, I guess, skills shortage, because we're, we're normally bringing in plain loads of talent, a lot of it from Scotland when it's oil and gas, um, and we're not doing that now. We, you can't do that at the moment. So there's a war on talent, 
and therefore the the, the, tail, the tail's wagging the dog if i dare yes. say that the employees are, uh, are have their demands and i think a lot of employees um and and you can you can often say rightly so don't want to waste an hour each way on the commute but some of them can't or you can't work from home because they might have a young family or yeah. or or their, or their you know the residential internet might not be what it should be or they, they might not have room to dedicate to a to a home office so my belief is that whilst there's been a lot of talk about work from home i genuinely believe there's a real desire to work near home yeah um and that's really where i'm biting the bullet and 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 going for it I mean, I've picked Joondalup. Joondalup is a big, it's a, a big conurbation. It's a big city by Perth standards. It's the big, the biggest, I guess, sig- significant commercial centre that is thirty k's or more away from the CBD. So it gives you that in, enough of a respite from commuting to make it yeah. viable. Do you think um, is there existing customers in your buildings that in mind, or you've even had conversations that might be interested in that, so you can cross sell? Absolutely, yeah. So we, we we know that we've already got some clients who will who will use hot desking there and keep their office here. We've actually got a few virtual clients who are based up there that used to have an office with us, got fed up of the commute, and now home based with a virtual, and are going to go into the office when it opens. Oh, fab! That's um, good. But but I really think the core market, as, aside from the the local, um, I guess the local business community in Joondalup, there's a there's a real market for the big corporates who have teams spread around, um, and they are still letting people work from home. And I think that, that there's a real desire to get them into an environment that um, not only provides collaboration and, and a better workspace but it's actually compliant you know ergonomically compliant everything is compliant that they don't have to worry about what's going on in somebody's home and yeah. obviously with uh, i think that's got got something to do with it as well that's interesting okay so in that location is there much activity from the larger corporate serviced office providers that we've spoken about already have they started in these locations or not or is there less competition out there just now uh, there's nobody of, of note in Joondalup at all. So we'll, we'll be the first up there. Um, Regis have gone to Osborne Park, which is um, a, a sort of light industrial office park type location, which is probably only about 10Ks outside the CBD. Um, and aside from that, um, th- th- there, are, there is no brand name that you would be aware of that has gone beyond yeah. those boundaries. Okay. Um, I've noticed on online, and, and you spoke there about going from 8 to 16, but I've noticed, because obviously, you know, social media is brilliant, right? And, and I know you use social media quite a lot because I, I catch up with what you're up to on LinkedIn and, and different places. But you seem to have a great team. And, you know, there was that rapid period of expansion. And what, what are the things you've done to keep that team motivated? Because you do seem to have, as I say, a, a good team and a good um I guess, team spirit. And part of the challenge for us in this industry is that when you've got multiple locations, when do you get everybody together? Because a lot of them, if they're front-facing staff, they need to be there. And if they're not there, <laughs> there's nobody looking yeah. after the customers. So it can be quite difficult to keep that team motivation or that team together 
where, where traditional business may have them all in the same building or the same office, or at least they can get together on a Wednesday afternoon because it's not necessarily going to affect all the customers face-to-face. Well, how have you got around that? Um, well, I mean, I, the, the first thing is is the the, the recruitment. Um, so we we I can't remember the last time we employed somebody that came from an office background. We are hospitality retail every time. Um, we we then um, I mean we call them the liberators. They feel part of something. Yeah. Um, in terms of getting them together, we we will have a quarterly team meeting out of hours. Which, which they'll come to. Um, but we'll have, uh, aside from that, we'll, we'll, we'll also have social events out of hours. Everybody will get together in a bar in the CBD on a Friday evening or something. Um, you know, and we'll, we'll put a tab behind the bar and, uh, and get everybody together. But the, the, one of the things, I guess, that's worked really well is all our buildings are connected from a phone system perspective. Yeah. So, you know, the guys in Burswood are often answering the calls for the clients in 197 and the guys in Citibank House are answering calls for the guys in West Perth. So there's a real team uh, spirit uh, in, in terms of that. So nobody feels isolated or like they're, in, uh, they're away from the action. Yes. Um, and, and I guess uh, Paul and I, so Paul and I have worked together um, on and off since 1999 um, and Paul's our COO. Um, Paul spends a lot of time around the buildings and, and with the team. Um, we've done an incredible uh, job, if I do say so myself, of uh, promoting from within. Um, and this growth in Joondalup has just resulted in, I think, four promotions. And we've recruited one new member of staff at entry level. So th- there's a real excitement amongst the team in terms of it's worth sticking around. There's a future to be had. Yeah, we we're exactly the same with the hospitality thing. We're trying to bring in um, some of the language from hospitality too for front of house staff and things, so that they that the whole offer is based more around service rather than necessarily, you know, um, a building manager as it were or or business centre manager as it used to be, of course. And and yeah. yeah, the terminology even is changing. But the hospitality background, my, it does make such a difference. Mm. We just recruited somebody recently. Um, an internal promotion as well. First thing we're looking for yeah, is hospitality background. It makes such a difference. Yeah. I mean, look, our managers are now called uh, client experience managers. And and the front of house team are the client experience team. Yeah. That's that's their name. Yeah. Our, our, our terminology changed to community managers now. Um, but the, and, and front of house staff. So, but it is trying to get, I mean, do you have any food and bev in your offer at all, you know, in terms of the true sense of hospitality, or is it really just the experience that they're bringing of customer service? Um, so we, in, in one location, we've just, we've just put in a, um, a barista machine. So we're about to start providing barista coffee um, complimentary. We, we, don't provide, um, we, we don't provide food. We outsource the food delivery, but we... Yeah. we we, we do service, so we'll deliver and serve yeah. food where required. And um, but yeah, we 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 outsource the I guess the production of the food. Yeah. Okay. Right. So we've spoken about one hub and spoke opportunity. Are what are the other things now that you've, the shackles have maybe come off, and you're looking at the hub and spoke? Are you thinking outside of Perth at all? 
I appreciate anywhere outside of Perth is a distance away. And, you know, it's not like you mentioned Yorkshire and Aberdeen. That's, that's you know, <laughs> that's not far, really, relatively speaking. But um, where you are, going over to, um, for instance, Eastern Australia and some of these areas would be a whole different challenge. What, what, what's, your, what's your thoughts for the future for your business? Yeah, I mean, I think we, we, we either need to grow on the Eastern States or we need to connect with a group that's on the Eastern States more formally. We've got friendly operators over there at the moment um, who aren't here, and obviously we're not there. Yeah. Um, so, so we we do have lines of communication open with a couple of operators that that allow us to, in some instances, provide or respond to a tender as a as a joint effort. Yeah. Yeah. You must have um, some common customers. Yeah. Yeah, and um, but 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 also just we 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 often get the question from our clients as as they do from theirs, can you help me in Perth? Can you help me in Sydney? Um, or Brisbane or Melbourne, and um, so so we do that at arm's length at the moment with just friendly arrangements. At some point in the future, that has to become either independent or formal. Um, and I, you know, and you know, I'm open to, to, to either. Yeah. So, the, the, and that's got a little bit to do with brand as well, hasn't it? And your your brand is evolving, and. I've got this whole thing, our conversation at the moment is about um, our brand and the fact that we've now got up to six, seven locations. Brand is becoming more important than necessarily the single offers. But I, I observed that all your locations, you name them the location. So yeah. um, it's the street name or whatever. And has that been something that's been a conscious thing that you say, right, that's what we're going to do rather than necessarily always call them Liberty House, for instance, you know, you've decided, yeah. right, because Regis are quite good at doing that, aren't they? So you've decided, right, okay, we're going to focus on the individual addresses, but equally try and build the brand as well. How, how have you found that? Because it's quite difficult, those two different positions. It, it is, yeah. I, I, I go back to a conversation I had with a guy called Gil Scott. Um, I don't know if you know Gil. He, he worked at MWB. He's a, he's a fellow Scotsman. Um, and he was one of our, he, he, he was an incredible salesperson and he, he filled Canary Wharf near enough single-handedly when we first did the deal with Citigroup there. And it was the first time we'd not put the old MWB light box behind reception yeah. uh, that used to be there. And I, I remember asking him his opinion on what, whether we should or not. And he said, you know, he, he said, look, I don't have a strong opinion either way. But I've never had a client say, I'm really glad your sign's there. Yes. Um, and that really uh, stuck with me. And, and you know, through, through the, the, the evolution of MWB, it, it became more and more about the client and less and less about MWB. And that's what I brought with me, uh, I guess, to, to, to Australia with, with the idea of liberty. And from the outset, we've not had any liberty signage inside a venue, uh, behind a reception. There's occasionally signage outside a venue. Um, and if, if there is, we try and make it look temporary so that it's, you know, it's almost like a to let sign. Yeah. Um, but inside a venue, we have, we have always had the address. So the address might be on the reception desk. It might be behind the reception desk. Yeah. But where, wherever it is, it's always been about the address because that's, you know, the old location, location, location. Um, adage, you know, that, that's what the client, it, it, that's how you got shortlisted in the first place. 
is the address yeah, and everything sure. th- thereafter. So, yeah, so that's being conscious and that's that's ongoing. What I'm also interested in with, with that that model or, or at least with that, that, that branding thing is when you are looking for new customers and they have different ways of finding you, of course, whether it's through your website or through brokers and, and I'm sure there's other methods you use too, um, you need sometimes you need to have that brand to give that confidence that they're not the guinea pig and you you know what you're doing. But equally, you're trying to give that individuality to the different locations. When you're getting inquiries or or out trying to find leads, where do they mainly come through for you in in your locations? Um, so we put a lot of time and energy into our website. Um, that is about to be relaunched. Actually, it's nearly finished. We've just done a corporate video, which I'm we're in the final edits of. Um, so the website is a big one, yeah. And we and 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 then the online brokers. Uh, so mainly, it'd be instant offices. And there's a group in Asia Pack called Office Hub, which I don't think have made it to the UK yet. Yeah. Um, they're the two most active ones. Often we get the same inquiry on our website that goes to them, which tells us that we're doing the right thing. Um, sometimes it's before, sometimes it's after. So sometimes you pay a fee and sometimes you don't. But yeah. you know, yeah. ultimately, it tells us that we're, we're getting the right exposure if we're receiving the inquiry from them and, and getting it directly. Um, and then, yeah, aside from that, we, we do have good relationships with the agents, uh, particularly a couple of tenant reps. Um, and we're now, I guess, in a, in a town like Perth, there's two degrees of separation. You're one, you're one person away from everybody. Um, so we've got a good enough, and a solid reputation now that we do get quite a few referrals yeah. that way too. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. Okay. So I just want a couple of last things to ask you. The first one was based around um, some of our listeners who perhaps are just getting started in the journey. and they're. They're looking at buying some of their own buildings, but equally feeling to get started, they may need, particularly because of the location, may need to look at rent to rent or lease up, taking a lease on a building and then providing a great service um, to and subdividing that space and providing a great service around it to make a good offer to customers. What, what would you advise to someone coming new into the industry on you know, some of the things that are maybe a wee bit different from when you and I got started, but what would be your advice to someone getting started just now? And look, there's a lot, I don't know what it's like there, but in, in Australia, there's a lot of landlords uh, trying to get involved in the sector directly. Um, and some of them are big landlords, so they're not necessarily making these decisions um, because they, they have to, they're doing it because they want to. And, and I would say, and I say to, to, to them on a regular basis, you know, if, if, you, if you acquired a building and part of that building was a hotel, would you operate that? And invariably the answer is, of course not. I don't know how to operate a hotel. But therefore, how do people think they can operate a flexible workspace just because the desks are there and not beds? Yeah. You know, so my advice would be to anybody thinking of getting into the flexible workspace market, don't underestimate the, the client demands and how busy that will keep people. Um, and, and don't think it's, it's going to be easy, you know, because 
I mean, ultimately, if somebody gets us to run a building for them, as, as a number have now, they're not just acquiring the routes to market and the sales and marketing and the brand and our ability to get the inquiry and close the inquiry. That's almost the easy bit from a landlord perspective. Um, an agent could do that effectively. Yeah, it's 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 keeping them um, it's keeping them happy and well serviced throughout that, and it's it's not something that um, it, it's. I think it's harder than it looks. Yes, I think you're right, and it's interesting. You made, you mentioned a couple of examples of those who are, should know better, getting into the yeah. market in the wrong places and not managing to make it work, even though they thought they maybe had the Midas touch. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Jamie, this has been really interesting. Thank you. And you give, you've given us lots of insights into your world and your part of the world. Um, if anyone wants to catch up with you or find you, maybe you could give us a few places people could look out for your business or for yourself. Sure. Yeah. I mean, obviously, um, Liberty Flexible Workspaces, uh, we're on LinkedIn, we're on Instagram, Twitter, um, and Facebook. Um, our website is we are liberty com.au um and yeah i mean it's very easy to contact any of us on there i i get every info at email alongside a number of other people so uh we we never miss an inquiry it's the pulse it's the pulse isn't it i still get some of those as well yeah (laughs) yeah Brilliant. Well, I'll put all those in the show notes for anyone that's listening and wants to um, wants to be able to reach out to you. Jamie, it's been really, really interesting. Thanks so much for joining us. Um, I'll let you go and enjoy your evening now while I go and do a day's work. <laughs> Thank you. No, I've, I've really enjoyed it. Thank you for the invite. Brilliant. It's been super. Thanks very much. Mm-hmm.